here he is. He knows more about the subways than anybody. He's helped patrol them, keep them safe as best as he can for the last 40 years. And even knows the perp who committed this heinous crime. And that is uh, Curtis Sliwa taking over for me later on this morning. Curtis, good morning. How are you, pal? Nah, I've had better days. Uh, I look. I warned everybody. You remember, Sid? I warned you. I say, You're Eric Adams. Me. I was on the same page I, as you. I know you were. But I warned the city. This guy's styling and profiling. Got his Ferragamo jammies on. He's got his custom-made suits. He's not going to be law and order. I want, oh, no, you know, car, 22 years every day. I wore a bulletproof vest, carried a gun, I'm law and order. And you should have recognized when he didn't take on Alvin Bragg. Ooh, let's hug thugs, not prosecute them. And Eric Adams was giving him tactical air support. You should have realized the real Eric Adams was coming to the surface. Well, even before then, I've had multiple discussions with Bernard Carrick. And Bernard, of course, was the commissioner of the police when, in fact, Eric Adams ran that unit of his, a troublemaking unit. And he said, all I remember about this guy was he was more trouble than good. Now we're dating back to 2001, 9-11. So this is not new that Eric Adams is a troublemaker. He's a bit of a phony. Uh, and, yes, the Alvin Bragg thing really put it over the top. But when he says crime is a perception, uh, I know you and your folks on those subways every day. Perception. I mean, how crazy is that? How crazy is that? Who said that for eight years? Oh, oh, Bill de Blasio. de Blasio. Yes. And Eric Adams was his partner, his friend. And help take a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball and destroying the city that we love. Brooklyn was in the worst shape crime-wise. Eric Adams did nothing about crime eight years as borough president. Yesterday, in the aftermath of the killing of the Asian woman by this deranged, emotionally disturbed guy, a guy I've known, a guy I've had conversations with, yeah. who could flip the script and have psychotic disorder at a moment's notice. And he said, oh, it's all perception. You're actually safe on the subway. And then all of the politicians who had that press conference, they came in SUVs. They left in SUVs. None of them got back on the train. <laughs> it's like real. No New Yorker agrees with this. Where does he get off saying this? It's exactly the line that de Blasio used for eight years. Eric Adams, do your freaking job. Get the homeless people off the subways into the shelters. The emotionally disturbed out for psychiatric uh, treatment at the many hospitals that can treat them and get the cops walking up and down the trains. You don't see transit cops in the subways. They're hiding. <laughs> they're on their iPhones and their smartphones texting and sexting. Oh, yeah, they're in touch with Central Command. Get out of here. There's 4,000 cops. Tell me when you see them, when they are. They're emulsified together. There's like yes. eight of them together. Yeah. They need to get actively involved in patrols and take the subway back. And Eric Adams signaled yesterday, waving the white flag, I'm doing what de Blasio said. It's all a myth. It's all perception. You know what the perception is? Eric Adams claiming that white supremacists <laughs> are stalking him. In fact, I dedicated a whole week of my life, a week I'll never get back. I was at Bed Bath & Beyond. My favorite they place. were having a white sheet sale, and I figured, God, I don't know of any white supremacists in the five boroughs, and I know almost everyone. If there are white supremacists, they'll come by the sheets. <laughs> the clerks came up to me. They said, Curtis, why are you here? Then I had to use some technology. You know, I'm here to prevent all the shoplifting going on in Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> right, oh, thank God. Thank you, Curtis. What supremacy, white supremacists, uh, listen, that are threatening you. him? It doesn't exist, and that was the reason he gave for hiring his brother. More nonsense. I mean, it's all nonsense with Eric Adams. It really isn't. 
you know, look, uh, all people are going to say to you is, well, at least he's better than Bill de Blasio, which is so what? You know, uh, just to play devil's advocate. Yes. Eric Adams is the mayor of New York City. Yes, he is. He does want people to come to New York City. He does want people to spend money in New York City. He is aware, I guess, that not everybody can drive into New York City. So if I said to you, look, we know he's statistically wrong. We know he sounds crazy, but he wants people to enjoy the city because if the city thrives economically, that's better for him. That's, All right, let, let's, let's look at the options here. Okay. okay. All right. All right. You take the subways. You get mugged or thrown in front of an incoming <laughs> train. You can't get a seat because the homeless, they're copping a squat there. Right. You got an emotionally disturbed guy in the corner. He's pleasurizing himself while he's talking to the wall. Yeah. Now, okay, I'm going to drive in. They clip you, you know, the tolls. you got to take a reverse mortgage. And now they carjack you in midtown Manhattan. Yeah. They put a gun to your head. They take your car. You say, oh, I'll take a city bike. It's freezing outside, right? How the hell are you going to get into the city without becoming a crime victim? And what does Eric Adams say? That's their perception, Curtis. Crime is down in the subways. Now, you would think he would take his transit police commissioner to task, a woman named Riley, who failed with de Blasio, and now it's the Peter principle. Let's keep her in place. Let's kick her upstairs. Fire her! Right. Send a signal to all of us. You're going to take control of this situation. But he's not. He's not. But he's got to know that New Yorkers know better. Like, he has to know when he makes a comment like that, and timing is everything, and he makes that comment a day after a beautiful Asian lady is murdered on the subway. So his timing is all... it wasn't just him, Eric Adams. Okay. Then you saw Congresswoman Meng come to the microphone. Uh You know, he was the puppeteer. Come here, Meng. I need an Asian. To say this was not an anti-Asian crime. 360% increase attacks on Asians. And by the way, who, who commits those attacks? Blacks. Thank you. Emotionally it's not white supremacists? And regular. It's not white black supremacists? People. No. No? Black people. It's not Hasidim? Almost predominantly black people. <laughs> Just like when your peeps were being attacked three Hanukkahs ago, right? Who did that? Black people. Okay. Emotionally disturbed and right. gangs. Right. So instead of dealing with that problem and saying, we have a problem. You know, we, our people have a problem. Yeah. Oh, that's just a perception. And it was not an anti-Asian crime. He could have done that with anybody. No, he pushed an Asian woman who's our neighbor from the Upper West Side into the tracks. That is the worst way to die. The worst way to die. And then he runs down to Canal Street, turns himself in. And then you saw him walk on the perp line screaming, F you, she tried to steal my jacket. Why the hell wasn't he in a psychiatric facility? You know, he was on parole. He did two years for robbery. I remember having conversations with him. You know, Curtis, I'm well, trying that, to Well, that's all part of the criminal bail reform nonsense, too, which is not Eric Adams' fault yet, but that's all part of that, too. You know, it's uh, we're just kind of joking around, and uh, the crimes that are committed against the Asians overwhelmingly, if not everyone, committed by a black person. Absolutely. Same thing with the Jews. And today's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and we're going to celebrate all day. And, you know, listen, we've come a long way. We've come despite what they want you to believe out there. But there are some, some real issues out there still, some real issues. Absolutely. With the way blacks and whites treat each other, with the black crime inside their community. Eric Adams is the mayor, great. Barack Obama, president, great. Kamala Harris, vice president. Yes, we've made some strides here. But some of the same nonsense is still going on 60 years later. How do you think I'm okay with Phil today looking at a story like that? First of all, I, I, I never try to extrapolate. Everybody says, well, if Martin Luther King Jr. were alive today, this is what he would say. Right. How do we know? I mean, this was so long ago. Times were different. 
How about talking about what you feel and what you would do? What we do know is he brought people together. Unlike um, at that time, Malcolm X, who was dividing people, right. calling you, you know, Jews, uh, you know, good, white people, dividing. Couldn't stand Malcolm X. Right. Burn, baby, burn. Right. And yet he was a healer, Martin Luther King Jr., bringing people together. Remember when he was shot and killed by James Earl Way. Remember, never trust anybody with three names. I never totally trust agree. anybody with three names. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He was coming there to help the sanitation men and women uh, who were barely making minimum wage in Memphis. He was against the war. He took a lot of heat for being against the Vietnam War, which is was a complete waste. How many of our friends, how many of people we grew up in the neighborhood, yeah. we have to visit them now in the veteran cemeteries? A waste of a war. There were so many positive things to say about Martin, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. But I don't know what he would say today, and nobody really does. Stop using his name. That's like using his name with vain. If Martin Luther King Jr. were alive today, this is what he would say. We don't know that. No, it's completely fair. You're right. And, and we do have to pay attention to the What's going on right now? And Eric Adams is the mayor. And when you combine the fact that, A, he did endorse Alvin Bragg even after Bragg came out and said uh, all those ridiculous things. Now he said something as silly as crime on the subway is just a perception. Let's not forget when he swore in uh, Shul, who's a great police commissioner. He did a good job there. He was standing in front of a mural with somebody who killed cops and went away to Cuba a very, very long time ago. Uh, of course, you still have the rumors out there, not even rumors, it's probably fact, that he hung out with uh, Farrakhan. Yes. So that's, that's not a rumor. That's not a rumor. That's okay. not a rumor. So, so at what point do we all come to the realization, not just Sid and Curtis who ran against him and Greg Kelly, do we all come to the realization that this guy is really a pony? He's just a pony. All he's got to do is follow up on what he said he would be, a law and order mayor. Do your freaking job. Well, he's open, too. Between Bragg and the subway comic, he's open, too. And those are two bad losses. And have you seen any improvement in the streets? A no. cop, remember, New Year's Day, a cop was shot in the head. Uh, 25th Precinct, right near that Burger King, where that, that enemy of society killed that 19-year-old girl. Have they been able to catch anybody who shot that no, cop in no, the head? No. So you got to put – they firebombed a police car, last stop, number six train. They should have tossed every mutt, every skeleton in the area was committing crime. That's how you sweat out information. You get tough. You don't get soft and say, we're going to have mental health experts come in here because we don't want the cops dealing with this. That is not the Eric Adams. I mean, look, you've you got to give him a little bit of time here. You know, you had eight years – uh, basically uh, communist rule, and we allow the criminals oh, to on. run. Hold on a second. At this rate, Sid, nobody will be here. Nobody will be left. <laughs> the city is empty. <laughs> Everyone will have fled to yeah, Florida, yeah, yeah. Georgia, North uh, Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Texas, Tennessee, and parts unknown. You know, Look at all the four sale signs uh, in the outer No, Paris. you're right. It's funny you say that, too, because I was watching – I watch a lot of HDTV now with my wife. That's uh, like our favorite channel. We watch hours and hours of hometown USA and, and, and fix it or love it, whatever it is. We love these shows. And um, there was a couple buying homes in North Carolina, looking at homes at about you know, $1.2 million, for example, 10 times the size of any house you'd buy in New Jersey, in the mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains, Asheville, North Carolina. And we're going, what are we doing? What are we doing? The weather sucks. It's filthy. Homeless everywhere. Taxes are through the roof. What are we doing? There are, there are actually states in this country that are beautiful, that you get a huge bang for your buck. You can live like a king, and you're right. You come to New York, and with all the talk, we're the greatest city, we're the greatest city. We're not even we're close. We're not the greatest city in the world any longer. Stop this tick. It's like a tick. It's like a knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> we're the greatest city in the world. Well, if we're the greatest city in the world, where are all the people? 
The streets are empty. The stores are closed. For lease, for rent. 75% of these buildings, office buildings, are empty. And guess what? The workers have learned they have a better quality of life at home. They can do their work. They spend more time with their kids. They shop with vendors in their neighborhoods. They're not coming back. They're not getting back into the rat race. Two hours like sardines coming in. Two hours running home. Let's face it. Isn't it about quality of life? Yes. When all is said and done. Yes. So, if Eric Adams, if you can provide a better quality of life, yes, the workers will slowly return. But you can't yell at him like he did the other week. I want all you CEOs to make your workers come back. And then all of a sudden, maybe pretty please three days a week <laughs> instead of five. They can't do it. People were telling them, cut my pay. I'm not coming to work in the city anymore. I'm not. No, I know. It, it, it's rough. And, again, comments like what he, what he made yesterday about the subway don't help. Well, you're brilliant. You're great. You'll be back at uh, about 830. You and I will interview David Patterson together. Then I'm going to go to a funeral in New Jersey. You'll take over. So thank you for that great segment. And I'll see you again in about two hours. By the way, can I sit shiver for the city of New York? Who do I bring the Hamantash into? Because uh, this city is dying. I think Dove Hyken would uh, agree with you out of Long Island. Very religious Jewish and, man. And, 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 with him. Did you ever tell the story about uh, Eric Adams' relationship with Farrakhan? Ah, you <laughs> promised. You promised it in Bernard. And then you delivered wolf tickets. He had to go to Israel the next day. Oh, yeah, sure. We'll get him hey, on. We'll, we'll, come we'll, on, we'll, Eric sat down with him and made a deal. <laughs> come on. I'm a street guy here. Come on, I'll find out. Yes, I'm I'll sure you out. will. All right. Dobbin, Dobbin with him and find out while you're part of the minion. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at at info at gobbolaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.